problem with super glue is if you play with it and you rip it apart, you get in trouble. On this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name is Justin and you're on Inverse and in the studio with me is Sebastian, Callie and Siku. And we've been talking about the topic of biblical sexuality, biblical sexuality. And we want to just uh, give you a heads up that we are talking about a sensitive matter. And if you have minors in the area, you want to be mindful that this is what we're going to talk about. Uh, so we leave it up to you. But we have covered a lot of things here and I have been very blessed by our conversations. Uh, this is a very, it's a weird topic, it's a sticky topic, but the more that we talk about it, it's, I'm realizing this is a very uh, important, central topic, especially for our generation, and we need more conversation about it mm-hmm. with some rules, yeah? And those rules being, hey, this is a, this is a sacred topic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate it. I want to thank each one of you for, for participating in a wonderful conversation. It's a privilege. And um, we're going to talk about something that's maybe not so nice. Uh, the episode is called When Things Go Wrong. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about these high, nice ideals, and we're, you know, we throw the ball higher and it's getting higher and higher and higher but sometimes and often we live in a society where things do go wrong especially when it comes into uh, when it comes to sexuality so let's go to Matthew chapter 19 Matthew chapter 19 verse 3 through 11 and we're going to read it but before we do Callie if you can ask for the Holy Spirit to bless her today yes let's pray Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word together, and we thank you for um, guiding us thus far in this topic. And as we talk about when things go wrong, I pray that we wouldn't be speaking from our own wisdom, but would be speaking from the wisdom that comes from above, Mm -hmm. that is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, uh, full of mercy and good fruits, and without partiality, without hypocrisy. That is the kind of wisdom we would like to embody right now, and so I just pray that you guide us by your Holy Spirit to that end. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sebastian, Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 to 11, please. Sure. It says, Then the Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce, and to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, if such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. Okay, we'll stop there. Uh, We all, I think the four of us, have uh, some experience with divorce, maybe not within our own relationships, and Mm -hmm. the Lord forbid, Mm -hmm. uh, but within our families and and, and on our context. And so we just got to make sure that we we want to be talking about the Bible. We're going to be talking about what's in the verse, (laughs) in verse, uh, and and just stay within the Bible text. And this is a a point of safety, especially when it comes to sexuality. We can get into all sorts of areas. We don't want to go there. We want to come back, come back here. Uh, But 
divorce is a it is a very common thing, especially mm -hmm. for the millennial generation. Unfortunately, I, I think you mentioned it in a previous or previous la, 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 la episode yeah. that 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 is something with our generation. We are afraid of getting married because mm -hmm. we don't want to reproduce mistakes of the the previous generation, mm -hmm. and we're finding that the average age to get married is getting older and older and older. Oh, Cohabitation right. is rising. Uh, the weird thing is, a first uh, sexual encounters is declining, maybe yep. because of the prevalence of pornography on the internet. So yeah. this is just a weird, wonked out generation society that we're in. Right. Um, when it comes to divorce, uh, Sebastian, share with us more. What is Jesus getting at in this passage? Well, I think the first thing that Jesus is getting at is he existed in a time in the nation of Israel's history in which divorce was something that was approached in a flippant manner. Mm. And that's why they came to the, the, the question to him was, is it lawful for a man in verse three to divorce his wife for just any reason? Mm -hmm. So the whole idea was that Moses had given this prohibition in Deuteronomy saying, this is how it works. If you want to get divorced, this is what you do. And they just interpreted that as, well, if I don't want to be with you, I just give you a, a bill of divorce mm -hmm. and then just move on. Mm -hmm. And Christ is saying that we need to appeal to the ideal, mm -hmm. the original from the beginning situation when God created man and woman and instituted marriage, there was no divorce. Mm -hmm. He's like, in the beginning, it was not so. Mm -hmm. So then they're like, well, why did Moses allow us to get divorced then if that wasn't the ideal? Mm -hmm. Jesus says it was because of the hardness of your hearts, mm -hmm. the unwillingness of the human heart to want to endure the difficulties of faithfulness, mm -hmm. the, to endure the price that is going to cost to actually have a successful marriage. Most people are not willing to pay that mm -hmm. and endure it. And hence, Jesus says, this is the grounds for divorce. It's not just for any reason, only for sexual immorality mm -hmm. and infidelity. He says, now, outside of that, if you marry her who is divorced and it's for different reasons, then you yourself are committing adultery. Mm -hmm. So Christ kind of cuts it, cuts it on two sides, one from the side of the ideal and the other side where even in a less than ideal context, there's still a boundary. Mm. You can't just get divorced because you feel like it's not working out or it's just irreconcilable differences. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a radical concept. I know it doesn't feel radical probably in a, in a Christian context that people believe in the word of God, but I've had many conversations in many locations around the globe where this is a radical concept. Mm. Mm -hmm. And people will try to reinterpret Jesus' words to fit their own experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say that it is a radical concept, regardless of, of the context. True. Just based on the reaction that the disciples had in verse 10. <laughs> like I said, oh, I won't get married. Um, yeah, with, <laughs> it seems like they understood, they understood something about the gravity of what Jesus was saying. Yes. Because they said, if such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. Mm -hmm. Because there are situations and circumstances which are not flippant, mm -hmm. which would lead someone to seek a divorce. Which are seriously valid circumstances. Yeah, yes, seriously valid circumstances. And they're like, if this is the case, like if, you know, it may not be at the point of infidelity, you know, like your, your spouse slept with somebody else. It may not be the, at that point, but there's some serious emotional abuse that's happening, yeah. right? So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think for Christians, regardless of, you know, cultural context, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm hearing that and I'm like, if my husband is day in, day out speaking to me in a certain kind of way, am I supposed to just sit there and endure it? Is that what you're saying, Jesus? Mm -hmm. Like, this is, 
I mean, it is a crazy statement that Jesus is making because there are steps that come before your spouse went and slept outside the house sometimes, right. you know, slept with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it's a rad it is a very, very radical statement that Jesus is making. And I think one of the things that it, it calls for, and um, here I'll speak to before you're married, it calls for looking at marriage with a, with a certain sobriety right? and realizing it's not just about, you know, it is about the roses and yes, you do finally get to sleep with that person, you know, and you've waited all your <laughs> life and held onto your purity and finally you can release, you know, that's kind of, Have as a single person, it's, you know, it, sometimes it can seem like that, uh -huh. but having like a serious lens of, what it takes to have, my yeah, to have a marriage that is going to work. And that if this is the only way that I could maybe even then have an exception, that means that this is a very, very serious commitment. So before walking into it, before entering into it, like having that lens of this is a very intense, a beautiful, but very serious commitment that that marriage is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There, there were uh, flippant reasons to divorce back in Old Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, the, old, the Old Testament says if if the woman does not please you in any any right. way, yeah. like you didn't like the shape of her nose, or like she, you <laughs> she know, she, the toast. she 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 <laughs> burns the toast, or she flatulates after lunch. Like Whatever reason that you up. have, <laughs> you divorce. And so here, Jesus is kind of up upping the ante, he's like, no, Philippines, no. And he just says, there's only one condition for, mm -hmm. for divorce. Yes. Uh, and that is a sexual, sexual uh, what's the term that he uses? Immorality. Immorality. Why this one caveat? What does that reveal about the, the value that, that God places on, on, on marriages? Sebastian? To me, God is instituted this rule because he understands how damaging the separation will be if it goes forward. Mm -hmm. And so many times human beings, we are not good predictors of our own happiness. Yeah. And we're also not good predictors of the fallout of bad choices. And one of the things that I've said when I've had the privilege to speak at a couple weddings is the idea that the Bible says the two shall become one. And if you ever divorce, the one does not become two, you just become broken. Mm. And the recognition of the fact that you will never be the same if you go through that experience. It doesn't mean that Christ can't work with you. It doesn't mean you can't have a happy marriage afterwards. But what it does mean is that it's not the same. Mm. And that's why for God, sexual intimacy is almost a physical expression of what's happening in the marriage. And for a person to step outside of the relationship and engage in that with someone else, in God's mind, it's like as if you already emotionally married someone else. Mm -hmm. And so he allows that as the one out, right? Doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, other levels and, you know, I have friends and in, 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 um, individuals in my life who are considering this choice right now mm. because of emotional pain, because of neglect, because of all kinds of mistreatment and other things in between on the spectrum, simply because they can't coexist with the person. They just feel like this is not going to work. Too emotionally damaged. And what also went out with that? Physical intimacy. Mm. So it's like, well, because I can't connect with you on these other levels like we talked about in the past and that oneness, you know, in Song of Solomon, Mm -hmm. I can't even physically sleep with you because we're emotionally on different pages. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's why Jesus, by giving this prohibition, he's showing how serious he is about protecting marriage and seeing marriages thrive and covenants kept and followed through. 
that that's the prohibition but at the same token I, I i see him as also illustrating it that this sexual act illustrates the intimacy that exists in the relationship mm-hmm. okay hold that thought crew we're going to take a break when we come back after we're going to look at well, how does forgiveness and 70 times 7 how does that factor into this divorce topic has inverse been a blessing to you do you have questions comments or feedback you'd like to leave us Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We are looking at this topic of divorce, the D word. This is a this is a word that has impacted an entire generation of especially those in North America who are scared now of marriage and of intimate relationships because they don't want to suffer the same uh, hurt that that they were exposed to. So this is a very apropos topic for for young adults. Siku, how does this uh, concept of of seventy times seven? How does this play into divorce? And now it's very easy for us to say we're all we're married here and we're younger we don't know what we're talking about so this isn't we're not we're not pointing out but we're looking at what does scripture say and how, how do we navigate this very human condition and what is Jesus answer to all this um, well I just wanted to point out it, it, it kind of in that trajectory but before that with what Sebastian was saying before the break um, that God how how concerned God is with protecting the marriage institution mm. um, his concern is not just with people staying married mm-hmm. but with them having fulfilling and happy marriages right, right. Um, so when when the question was like oh so why did Moses permit this and Jesus says because of the hardness of your hearts in verse 8 of chapter 19 he says because of the hardness of your hearts what Jesus points to is that there's there is a, a an individual quality, right? This is this is within yourself that you need to have a tenderness of heart which would lead to a reconciliation even in the grossest circumstance, right? Like which would be the absolute worst you could imagine. The, even in that situation, there's there's something about you as a spouse that that needs to happen like in your heart. Mm-hmm. Like you need to have a tenderness of heart. And when when there's that tenderness of heart, I mean, it impacts the entire relationship, like from beginning to end. But when there's hardness of heart, even without someone going outside of the marriage covenant, if someone burnt your toast, and if you have hardness of heart, you're like, looking for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like there's already a problem within you, mm, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so there's something that that has to happen internally. And we've talked about already, you know, coming, uh, working up to this, you know, that 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 relationship that we need to have with God, the transformation that He needs to happen with us individually in order t- for us to be have to have fulfilling relationships, right? And and I think that's what that points to. Mm-hmm. But that going with the um, if I can move to the, the, the forgiveness Yeah, let's get part. to Matthew 18, where Jesus says, well, Paul, Peter asked the question, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me or sister mm-hmm. sin against me? And I forgive him. And the, the traditional rabbi answer was only three times. And so Peter's thinking, <laughs> well, maybe double that and add an extra one just in case. And <laughs> it be only. like, seven times, Jesus, let me get the gold star. And Jesus is like, no, <laughs> nah. seven times 70. And Peter is like, uh, speechless. Uh, <laughs> how does that apply? Uh, on, a, on a very superficial level, yeah, forgive the person. 
But what is what what is deep? What 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 else deeper is going on here? He he's trying to drive on the fact that you have to see this in the long game, mm. right? It's about preserving the relationship mm. and being willing to forgive, right? It's not oh once I get to that number we're cut off because you're already dooming the relationship. Mm. When you set a number, well I can only forgive you seven times. Six more chances. Yeah. Five more chances. Four more chances. Oh, three more chances. <laughs> Listen, let me start looking at uh, future women, right? Because you're going down, right? This, this plate is crashing. And like, that's exactly what Jesus wants us to get away from. Mm-hmm. I had a phone call one time and, and a guy called me, he was recently married. And we were just, you know, talking about marriage, challenges, blessings, whatever. And all of a sudden it just started going towards the challenging side, like the whole time. And I was like, man, this is just getting a really dark conversation. <laughs> and eventually he's like i just don't know you know if we're gonna make it and i'm like man it's not even been nine months yet like <laughs> i was like you should be still in the honeymoon phase and i'm like three kids later like <laughs> i was like i mean we have stresses but i mean we're not at that place and he's like well how do you deal with it when those stresses come and i said i go to the mirror in my room and i look at myself in the mirror and i say sebastian with all sobriety and clearness of mind and conviction of heart you promised Jesus, not Candace. You promised Jesus to love and to cherish and to forsake all others for this person, for better or for worse. And it just got worse. Right? So this is the worst time. Mm. This is the worst side of the commitment. Mm. So it's time for you to go ahead, suck it up and be like, recognize like, yeah, this is the worst that I signed up for. This is the poorer. Right. This is the sickness side of it. We only think about the wealth, the health. Right. The goodness, you're just going to get better after we get married. (laughs) That's the part we focus on. And that's what Jesus with 70 times seven. He's like, listen, be committed to the relationship. Mm -hmm. Don't set a limit. Don't set a precipice. Don't set a line. And it's like, as I'm approaching that line, I'm already planning my exit Mm -hmm. rather than saying I'm with you to the end of the line. Like we're going to find a way to work this out. Mm -hmm. And you have to decide in your mind that like Siku said, that tenderness of heart that recognizes that this same person who may be irritating me or getting under my skin now, that's the same person who was cooking you breakfast. Mm-hmm. That's the same person that was, you know, preparing your stuff before you took a trip. The same person that was looking out for you at the restaurant. And to me, that's what Christ wants us to maintain that sort of balance and inclusivity mm-hmm. in our assessment. Let me shift our conversation here. And I want to, to commiserate because uh, as a youth pastor, a lot of my ministry has been talking to young people and they don't want to get into uh, sexual situations and marriage and dating. They just, they just, they, they want to be a relational, right? They were like, I don't want to talk to anyone <laughs> because wow. this is true this, though. And, and <laughs> this is what's happening when the internet being around and, and social media. And like, so now we have this whole generation, these like automatonic, you know, just monads and just kind of like, you know, <laughs> they're around. Uh, not you guys out there, but out, out, out there. Other people. Yeah. And so, Kelly, I want to ask you this question. Uh, what, what, what advice or counsel can you, can you give to a generation who may have been hurt by, by looking at, you know, all these past transgressions and past mistakes and, 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 and it's, a, it's a legitimate fear mm-hmm. and not wanting to reproduce these things. What, what, what counsel can we get from Scripture and, and what, how can Jesus address this? Yeah, well, I think it does include things we've been talking about of forgiveness and also just of striving towards the ideal. Um, with, you know, there's, we've talked about we all have different interactions with divorce, uh, maybe not directly, but we know of different people. And all of those relationships that we're all thinking of, they all came to that conclusion for different reasons. 
reasons, mm -hmm. right, for different circumstances. Yes. Some of them, we look at them and be like, that's a dumb circumstance. Other times we're like, no, that makes sense. <laughs> and so we, we see them different ways. Um, but at the end of the day, every time, you know, I've been quiet this whole time, but like when this whole time we've been talking, I've been thinking about how so many times we wait until we're on the precipice of divorce that we invite God into our relationships. Mm. So we're like, I did it all my own way and now it's terrible. Well, God says I can't divorce, but like God hasn't even been a part of this for the past 10 years. So mm. why are you even, why are you making him the bully here mm, when right. he has this standard mm. and you haven't invited him? Mm -hmm. And I'm not True. saying that it's only godless people that get divorced, but what I am saying is that this sounds impossible because it is. Mm -hmm. Like that's the point. It is impossible to have a marriage that lasts eternity in our own strength and wisdom and devotion. Mm -hmm. yep. And so in, in a way, it should scare you. It should be like, wow, marriage sounds too hard. Yes, 100%, you are correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I remember... Um, when I was dating my husband and we were engaged, something I would say, I would pray at least once a week. And I'd say, Lord, you know, I love this David guy a lot. <laughs> but if for any reason it is best for us to separate, may it happen as quickly and as painlessly as possible. Mm -hmm. And I literally prayed that until the morning of my wedding. And I'm like, you know, I don't see any reason. Like, I really like it. I like it more and more. So I see no reason. <laughs> but I want to be open to that. And then I, I've stopped praying that mm -hmm. because we're married now. And so now I'm just like, Lord, no matter what happens, please guide me in this relationship. And I was even scared on my wedding day because I'm like, I don't see anything that could go wrong. But there are so many. Like sure. David could literally stop believing in God like yeah. next week. Yeah. And he like crazy. That's real, the real yeah. scenario. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember talking to a mentor once in, in high school and I, I said that to her like, yeah, you know, like what if, like what if, like he does this. She's like, yeah, you know, the next day he, get a, he can get in a car accident and like he came and think properly. I'm like, mm -hmm. you're romantic, aren't you? for that. <laughs> but like, but that, that's the point though is love requires risk mm -hmm. and that risk only becomes worth it really in, in our estimation here when it's entrusted sit in God's hands. Mm -hmm. And so we should have a holy fear and a trepidation because as we've talked about here, marriage isn't like, let me prove that I love you. Let's get married. Mm -hmm. That is not what marriage is. Mm -hmm. Marriage is I am a hundred percent in, and that only becomes believable when God is involved. Mm -hmm. So oh, I appreciate yeah. those. Are, those are grace filled yeah. words there. Uh, and it's, you know, the, the Bible's full of miracles and we're like, yeah, God can do everything. He can heal the leper and the whatever. Mm -hmm. But at, in a modern context, Hey, Let's put those miracles aside. Help my marriage. Yeah, 100%. Help, uh, forgive my sin. These yeah. are these are impossibilities with our own strength. Mm -hmm. We lean on a supernatural power, an alien righteousness. Not alien, yeah. well, not alien, but <laughs> the third person outside of myself to right. to rectify, to heal. I can't do this. I need I need you to do this mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And you you kind of sit back and allow the magic quote, quote magic yeah. to happen, which is God's grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I just wanted to go back to you know and. Related to Kelly's point, what we're talking about here in Matthew 19, um, when Jesus talks about have, being tender-hearted, and and then we talked about you know in Matthew 18 when he's talking about forgiving 70 times seven. Mm. The parable that he shares afterwards is to illustrate the point that he was making, Matthew 18, okay, okay. right? So he says up to 70 times 7, and then he says the kingdom of heaven in verse 23 is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So to summarize the parable, uh, he's got this one servant who owes him a whole bunch of money, and he forgives that servant. The servant goes out, meets somebody else who owes way more, who way, way less money mm -hmm. to him than he owes to the king, and he can't forgive this. He's more exacting with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then the king was with, with, and so the king calls him back and says, you, 
obviously didn't understand the forgiveness <laughs> that I offered you Go ahead, because of how you <laughs> no, because of how you're treating somebody else. That's right. And I mean, it's sometimes it's it's hard to. I guess practicalize it, but what Jesus is really saying is, even in the most painful of situations, mm -hmm. in, even when it's most difficult to forgive, we haven't understood God's forgiveness. Mm. Yeah. If we can't forget that. Mm. Mm -hmm. I want to um, I want to look at this 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 uh, topic of divorce where some you know Jesus says only in times of, of sexual immorality right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are there are situations that are very difficult yeah and, and some people they're like God you put me in a box and this is if this is the only out then how how is divorce the only out is divorce the only out absolutely not. as we embrace and you know, try to understand God's forgiveness I mean there are people who are, who are literally out there they're feeling they're in the box they get what 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 are the options out there or how or how do we get out of this the, the these difficult situations I mean there's really no easy answers um, but I, I think one of the first places to start is we we definitely underappreciate the power of prayer to invite God's intervention into situations, into mm -hmm. human hearts. Mm -hmm. We see Esau with a murderous desire for his own brother getting his heart changed yeah. by the intervention of God, right? We see Moses changing his complete style of leadership because of the intervention of God. Mm -hmm. um, and Peter, and we could go on and on, Paul going to kill Christians. So to me, the same God that is able to work in these hearts is able to work in our marriages, right, that may be struggling and broken. He can change my heart, the other person's heart. But I think the second place is to recognize that sometimes there is a need for physical separation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Even if there is not divorce, mm -hmm. you may need to be in two different places for a period of time. Yes. Um, and I would also recommend counseling on some level. Some people don't believe in it. Some people do. Um, I'm a firm believer in it that sometimes you need an individual to guide you through and your significant other mm -hmm. um, through just problematic cycles of thinking and core beliefs that mm -hmm. are affecting your relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we are in these very difficult uh, human conditions, you know, human relationships. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need times of, of separation sometimes to, to, to understand these deeper truths, mm -hmm. yeah. to understand the heart of God. And uh, the amazing thing is even in the midst of our hurt, in the midst of our injustice, in the midst of pain, the heart of God becomes very alive. Yeah. Uh, it's a very mis unfortunate and misfortune, uh, misfortunate place to be in, but at least the, the golden lining in all this is we understand the heart of God in a deeper way, because who understands our positions of hurt or positions of, of, uh, of pain more than God? And ultimately, God is the one who has been divorced in the larger picture of this, mm -hmm. of this great controversy that we're in, yes. mm -hmm. and He is the one that will rectify Hopefully this conversation has been a blessing to you. We want to ask you to continue the conversation on social media and let us know your prayer requests, your comments, and if this conversation has been a very efficacious one in your life. I know I have been touched by it, I've been challenged by it, mm. and uh, it's going to cause me to, to get on my knees a bit more. So God bless you guys. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. 
find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.